Hello, everybody. I'm Sophie. And I'm Gemma. And this is True Crime Say What, the show where I know what I'm talking about. And I'm just here for the ride. Um, real quick, it's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> what happened was, one, we were going to announce that we're going to every other week. Great. Perfect. Fine. Um, was really excited to get that schedule going. After we recorded the last episode, I got COVID. And then when I went to go edit the episode, because like, oh, now I don't have COVID anymore. I feel like doing shit now. I went to go edit the episode. And uh, my laptop halfway through was just like, I'm gonna die real fast. So my laptop is currently MIA. That episode is lost in some sort of limbo. And we're doing a different case. So that's what you missed. And that's uh-huh. why we were gone for a month. Um, well, you know, we couldn't. We also couldn't really re-record an episode because, fun fact, my roommates got COVID pretty soon after. You know, just a bunch of shit was going on. So much so. was happening and all of it was good. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, nothing bad. Um, But I am really excited to talk about this case. It is going to be a two-parter. I was writing this episode and I realized I was 13 pages in and I haven't even gotten to the actual murder yet. So that's when I was like, okay. Good God. Yeah. So in this episode, we're not even going to get to the crime. Um, Um, You know. You can, like, shorten the script a little, like. No, no, no. All of this is important. I'm telling you. This is an absolutely insane story. And a lot of people will probably recognize this story. So I wanted to tell it in, like, a kind of unique way. Because today we are talking about the case of Jody Arias and Travis Alexander. Do you know this? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for you to be like, oh, my God. Nope. No. I mean, like, I might, there might be a moment where I'm like, wait! Because this, this is a very well-known case. I mean, the names just don't ring yeah, a bell. That's fair. So we're going to start in a little bit of a weird location, and that is a love story. Because, you know, you like to start in a happy place. Um, when Travis Alexander met Jody Arias, he thought he had met the love of his life. While speaking at a conference in Las Vegas for a company called Prepaid Legal, a certain blonde-haired beauty caught his eye. Travis approached the girl, who happened to be named Jody, after his seminar, and the pair immediately hit it off. Like, it was instant chemistry. Jody, who was working as a freelance photographer, was looking for another job to help her pay the bills. You know, gotta get that cash money. Um... <laughs> After she asked several questions to Travis about how to best succeed in the company, Travis boldly asked her to dinner. Um, I would never. Uh, <laughs> Jody was still super flattered, and she really liked Travis's charisma and immediately accepted. The couple had an amazing time, and they seemed to get on, like, really, really well. Like, beyond their instant chemistry, they were able to talk for, like, hours. They got on so well, in fact, that they actually ended up staying up with each other until 4 a.m. just talking. I mean, like, chemistry is good and all, but how are you that good socially? 
Yeah, I really don't understand how people can just, like, be that good at talking to each other. <laughs> Travis loved that Jody was already a successful and established woman who was still ambitious and looking for more work. He really liked her drive and, like, hey, you're doing photography, but you also are trying to do this on the side. I think that's really attractive. And Jody actually found the same thing attractive about Travis. The next morning, Travis bragged to his friends up and down that he had met his future wife. Um, got a real Ted Mosby gear. <laughs> I wrote that joke in. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I was proud of that one. Um, he relayed in a text that he went from intrigued by Jody to interested in her to caring about her deeply to realizing how lucky he would be to have her in the rest of his life. I mean, bro, it has been one night. It's been I I I, I love the enthusiasm, buddy, but um But what if she's got some flags? What yeah. if you're not seen at all? Exactly. Also Big thing, Jody's in a relationship. What? <laughs> That's kind of. Jody is married, or not married? Oh. No, no. she has a boyfriend. She has a boyfriend. What? <laughs> like a like a serious boyfriend that she lives with. Yeah, that's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sh- shortly after this conference, uh, Jody and Travis had to go their separate ways. Jody was returning to Palm Desert, where she and her boyfriend lived, and Travis was returning to Mesa, Arizona. Gross. Yeah, uh, mm, fuck Arizona. <laughs> no, thank you. Sorry if you live in Arizona. But sorry if you live in Arizona. It's not my favorite. I'm it's- not very sorry. I, I listen. We live in Texas, so we can make fun of other places. It's not much better. It's literally the second day of fall. It's ninety-five degrees. Please help us. Please. <laughs> At least in Arizona, it's a dry. Heat. We got moistness yeah. in the air. <laughs> yeah, humidity sucks. Yeah. So they went their separate ways, and despite the distance. And Jody's relationship status, they decided to keep in close contact. This could only end well. This can only end well. And we're going to back it up and <laughs> revisit our characters and see who we're actually dealing with, you know? Hmm. You know, we got these two people who just fell in love. Let's find out who they are. Starting with Travis. He was born on July 28th. 1977 and he was born to parents Gary and Pamela Alexander in Riverside, California. Which is funny because Travis is not the one who lives in California now. (laughs) Unfortunately for young Travis he was born into less than ideal conditions. Both of his parents were very bad drug addicts who constantly uh, dealt with their addiction and withdrawals and stuff like that. So super fun. Yeah, sounds great. It sounds like you should be having children. <laughs> that that sounded mean, but like don't have kids if you're addicted oh, to drugs. Yeah. Uh Gary, Travis's father, was constantly in and out of his life. Him and his mom were very on and off, so there wasn't really a stable father figure in Travis's household while he was growing up. Pamela, who's Travis's mother, 
by most accounts, did strive to be a good mother for her children in the first few years of Travis's life. So she did try to get off drugs, try to get distance herself from Travis's father, and try to take care of the kids. Which... At least there was an attempt. Exactly. Uh, the attempt did fail. Shit. Uh, <laughs> she slowly became more and more dependent on her addiction to drugs, uh, and I think she got into harder drugs. Yeah, do you so, know what she was addicted to? I don't know what they were addicted to. That's okay. Yeah, I, I am sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. So her reliance on her addiction, um, talking about Travis's mother again, mm-hmm. meant that Travis and his seven siblings... Oh, what the hell? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like they had two kids and were like, no. Like, they had eight children. Huh. Yeah. Uh, They were left to fend for themselves. So they had to feed themselves. They had to wash themselves. They had to manage themselves at, like, as young as five years old, which... Yeah, so was Travis, like, the oldest? He on the hierarchy of children? I think he's the oldest. Okay. I am not 100% sure because we don't know a lot about his siblings. All right. Uh, Soon, Travis's childhood just kind of became this cycle of neglect and abuse. He had to take care of himself on his own as his mother was often sleeping or high. And when she wasn't sleeping or high, she would ruthlessly beat her children. Um, Damn. Yeah. So, fuck you, Pamela. Don't do that to your kids. Yeah, that's shitty, man. Or if you're gonna be abusive, get like give them to someone who. Wa- There's so many people who want children, and will give <laughs> children happy lives. Mm-hmm. Travis would later comment that he doesn't really remember much of his childhood because you know um, trauma. I don't know if you know this, but guys, if you're heavily traumatized, <laughs> your brain tends to put up walls so you don't have to think about that because. Otherwise, you're just going to be depressed all the time. He only recalls a few memories. One of those is eating a moldy piece of bread, because that was the only food that was left in the house that week. Damn. Um, yeah, it's really sad. I, I hate reading about this kind of stuff. And him and his sister finding amusement in watching the cockroach colony scurry across the kitchen floor. Oh my god. Disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like. Obviously, I know he was in a fucking, like, drug house, so uh-huh. obviously there was just, like, shit everywhere, including yes. bugs. I hate bugs. There's nothing I hate more than bugs. Literally, ants heave me out, like. <laughs> I, can, I can do a lot of bugs. I will not do cockroaches, though. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Hell no. Hell um, no. But. A funny thing about their cockroaches is they had an albino, like, breed of cockroaches. What? So they had white cockroaches, and then there were brown cockroaches. So he said when they scurried across the ground, it looks like salt and pepper. Uh, That's, like, so nasty, but, like, kind of weird. (laughs) That literally made me tick, like, so hard. (laughs) Oh, my God. I thought it was kind of quirky and cute. (laughs) No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really not. Especially when you look at the surrounding circumstances. Yeah, that's so nasty. Like, 
Travis. He didn't have any friends during this time because he wasn't taking good care of himself. He was malnourished. He probably smelled because his house was disgusting. And he was poor. So kids are mean. And they won't be your friend for those reasons. Truth. Yes. When Travis's father was around, the situation only worsened, if you can imagine. Gary was a very violent man, and he brought out the worst in Pamela. So they just have a very toxic relationship. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. why are you guys together? (laughs) Gary and Pamela would often have explosive fights that would lead to violent outbursts, all in front of the children, of course, because, you know. As you do. Where are they going to go? I mean. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like. Uh, on one such occasion. When Pamela had removed the bullets from Gary's revolver. Because she was scared that he was going to kill her. Mm-hmm. He got so mad at that. That he took an axe. To all of Pamela's shit. And just started raking shit around the house. Okay. So now not only are they in this disgusting drug-filled cesspool, but now like their furniture's broke, like the couch is broken. Jesus. Yeah, it's real great. A lot of these altercations led to the police being called to the house several times while Travis was growing up, but this was such an often occurrence that Travis had learned from a very young age, how to get the police officers to go away and leave them alone so they weren't doing shit. Hmm. It should also be known that from a very young age, Travis was a believer in God. Uh, This will become very important later. That is why I'm telling you. That is an interesting route to take when (laughs) you had it like a bad childhood. Where did you find Jesus? How How did you come to that conclusion, actually? I want to know. Well, I think he first heard about religion from the media that he consumed, you know, watching TV. They're like, you know, you watch TV and they're like praying over their food and shit. Like, I knew what Christianity was through TV. I am living in Texas. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> um, we also are baptized. Like, oh shit. pretend like we didn't go to church when we were little. <laughs> Do you know that we're baptized in the American branch of the Church of England? Huh. I didn't know that. Mom told I me mean, that the other day. I was a baby, so. I was like, if you were a baby, I was. Probably like two, two. three. Yeah. We're, we're not religious anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, some. so I'm in like an, an art appreciation class. And she'll put up, like, you know, a lot of art is religious and has religious context. And she's like, oh, does anyone know what this is? And, like, all of the class raises their hands. And I'm just like, what? "Uh, (laughs) I see Jesus. (laughs) Dude. I I have no clue, though. I will never forget. This is a tangent, but we're going off on it. Um, (laughs) I will never forget. I was in seventh grade and someone brought up Adam and Eve. And I went, who are Adam and Eve? Oh God! <laughs> I didn't know. I literally mm. did not know because, I like, did not know like the story of Adam and Eve until probably eighth grade. Exactly. Like, it's just <laughs> not something you need to know. Sorry about it. It's probably later than that. I think it was in hu- my humanities class, so probably oh, like tenth grade. <laughs> 
like I knew they existed, but did not know really what happened. Exactly. And like that's not abnormal. But in Texas, in Texas was like <gasps> what? <Yeah. laughs> I the reactions I got from that, like, Sophie, I know you don't believe in the Bible, but like you don't believe in the bible literally one of my friends said that to me i'm like okay bitch listen it's not that i don't believe 7 a.m in the bible like i don't but that's not the point i just meant that sounds like you don't believe it exists oh (laughs) oh my god i saw a tiktok the other day you want to know what it said There is more historical evidence that Jesus existed than Abraham Lincoln. Oh. um, That's just incorrect. That's just wrong. (laughs) What? I don't don't know. Yeah. Um, It was literally, it was 9 a.m. I was drinking coffee. I saw that and I said, that's enough internet for right now. I can't. I can't do any more. Done for the day. Yep. <laughs> All right, back from that really long tangent. Um, it's fine. This is a conversational podcast. Truth. Even though we do talk about murder. Oops. <laughs> more murder. More murder. At first, we got to get through the mountains of child abuse. Um. So yeah, Travis, from a very young age, even though he was in this situation, started to believe in God. It really, really started for him when he was six years old, and he was tired of all the abuse, and was just like, he was six, what do you do? So he started screaming prayers to God that his grandmother would come and pick him up for the weekend so he didn't have to stay with his mom. And he did that for, like, 12 hours. He even woke his mom up at one point, And she was woken up, beat him, and then went right back to sleep. But that night, guess who came to pick him up? Grandma? Grandma came. Ooh. It was probably his mom or his dad, like, calling grandma, like, hey. Like, bro, he's dreaming. It's been 12 <laughs> hours. <laughs> Which, that is so sad. Yeah. Like, I understand why he believes that, because that was probably the only time he ever got what he wanted. Fair enough. Yeah. So, like, you know, valid reasons to believe in God, that. (laughs) Yeah, if that's, like, the one good thing that's ever happened to you, I get it. You know, he probably needed that. He needed something to hold on to so he didn't just fall into a pit of despair. Yeah, that's true. At the age of 11, uh, Travis ended up running away from home, which, good for fucking him. Mm-hmm. And he went to go live with his grandparents. So it, this is why I think he's the oldest, because he ran away from home. And then it took them uh, a couple more years, like two or three more years, to get custody of the rest of the kids. Okay. Yeah. So they, like, actually wanted him and the rest of the kids? Yes, and they did eventually end up getting all eight of them. So, shout nice. out to Travis's fucking grandparents. Yeah. Travis, finally away from his toxic parents, began to thrive. He was being cared for, he was excelling at school, he was making new friends, 
and he found somewhere where he was like fully accepted for being himself which that's fucking amazing Mm -hmm. i love a good turnaround story it was around this time that he began going to church with his grandmother uh and became an active member in the church uh do you want to know what church that is what church the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. No! Oh my god, I was gonna guess that! I was like... No way, Mormon. Mormon <laughs> is Mormon. <sighs> Nothing against Mormon. Mm. <laughs> Listen, if, Listen, if you're Mormon, I don't have anything against you. As long as you're not, like, the cultish Mormons, that's um, chill. Whatever, do whatever you want. But just or, don't... Or- uh, the fundamentalist Mormons. That's where we get multiple wives and yeah, children. right. But, I mean, that's what I meant. Is, is yeah. those those Mormons? I've met some pretty good people who are Mormons. Yeah, so. Generally, if you believe in whatever you want to believe in, and you're still a nice person, you're cool. I'm chill. Them. Yeah. yeah we're fine. <laughs> uh, Travis found a lot of comfort in sp- states. <laughs> don't know what that was and stability uh in his newfound mormonism so much when he eventually graduated from high school he decided to accept a mission from the church rather than move to college right away yeah that's what i was thinking when we were going on that uh tangent earlier (laughs) is uh like you know maybe religion was just a like community for him like something he'd never had before So exactly. it does make sense. For sure. Like, I'm not surprised at all that he turned to something like a church. Because it, it, it is really like a family. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, a Mormon mission is when you go to usually a different country, sometimes a different state, and you spread the word of Jesus Christ, and you try to convert people to Mormonism. So he went to go do that for two years instead of going to college. After his mission, he would move to Arizona for a fresh new start. Which, you know, from point A, being born into an abusive, neglectful household, to where he is now. Yeah, he did very well for himself. Amazing, holy shit! (laughs) (laughs) Like, better than most people with good childhoods. Yeah, he accepted his mission, Travis is doing really great. Okay, yes, so around this time, Travis would become a motivational speaker because, you know, um, Mance is doing it all. (laughs) Tell your story, like, go off. And then he also became a salesman for prepaid legal. Prepaid legal? was a service that provided legal benefits and representation to individuals who would pay a monthly fee. It was like a monthly fee subscription, and then you could like cash in at any time. Travis was responsible for selling legal packages to as many people as possible, as well as trying to recruit and encourage more people to sell legal packages to their friends and family within their community. In case you don't know what I'm describing, mm. Multi-level marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I will pretend that I know too much about, like, multi-level marketing things. But recruiting people, trying to get as 
trying to get people to buy packages so that they can sell. And then it, it's a lot of that stuff. Like, you have to pay big bucks to actually see rewards. Prepaid legal didn't seem to have the greatest reputation, if you couldn't guess. <laughs> and would eventually be traded and renamed Legal Shield in 2011, which is still kicking. So they obviously did something with it. Um, and this, of course, was how Travis met one Jody Arias. Jody was born to William and Sandra Arias in Salinas, California, on July 9th, 1980. So she's three years younger. Not a lot is known about her childhood, and we will talk about her childhood more in part two, because we'll see, depending on where Jody is at, the depiction of her childhood changes. But what we do know is that there was no, like, recorded abuse instances. That, like, CPS wasn't called in the house. It seemed like a pretty normal childhood by all means. All right. We do know that from the age of 10, Jody discovered a love for photography. And she just was obsessed with it. And she knew that's what she wanted to do with her life. Which, great that you could find that at 10 years old. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I could never. <laughs> when Jody became a junior in high school, she fell in love with a boy named Bobby Herreras. The couple was immediately slipped up in a romance and professed their undying love for each other. It was like a, you know how high school couples are sometimes. Yeah. Yes. The couple was so in love, in fact, that Jody just dropped out of high school. Oh, what? Uh, her junior year, she dropped out of high school to move in with Bobby and to pursue a career in photography. Man, you're almost done with high school. Right. You might as well just get your degree. Your diploma. You're so close, Jody. <laughs> Jody, keep going. No. Yeah, your diploma. Um. It's okay. <laughs> Though this was shocking. Jody seemed willing to do whatever it took to make it so that she and Bobby could be together. She really did seem to be in love and dedicated to this man. Uh, she worked as a waitress at Denny's on her downtime just to afford the small mobile home that they were living in, which, by the way, had no electricity or running water, so. Great. Great. Um, you probably moved from a nice air-conditioned house to that. That. <laughs> Wait a few more years, Jody. Yeah. She really just tried to form her life around Bobby, and we'll see that this is a thing that she likes to do. She really just latches onto a partner, and they become her job. Bobby, meanwhile, you know, great, amazing Bobby, who Jody loves so much, uh, refused to get a job at all. This is what I meant earlier when I was like, there could be flags, because clearly she just jumped into this relationship and then got stuck with this fucking lazy ass man. Right? Like, you could take it slow. It's not that hard. Get to know the person. I can't say much as a lesbian about moving fast, <laughs> but I can say don't move in with your high school boyfriend at 17 if you haven't finished high school. Okay? Okay. 
Yeah. Jody wasn't really concerned by this because her main concern was Bobby's happiness. Bobby turned out to be a really great partner, as it turned out, while Jody was working all day to get them a place to live, he was cheating on her with yeah. multiple people. So, like, of course, I'm he's, not surprised. Does not have a job. What do you think yeah. he's doing all day? He doesn't have other a, like, women. <laughs> Oh my god. I got you good there. No, <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it. Uh, this was really, really hard for Judy to come to terms with because, like, she changed herself for she this. She dropped man. out of high school for him. Yes, she dropped out of high school. She moved away from her family and, like, had to pay bills. And then he cheats right. on her multiple times. Yeah. And so she started grappling with feelings that she wasn't ever going to be good enough for anyone because, you know, she tried so hard with this one. Why would she ever try again? Which I can understand those feelings, but... Relatable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Relatable content. <laughs> she did start to get herself together, though, as even though she was, like, having those feelings of, like, oh, I'm not going to be good enough. She was away from Bobby. So... Good job. Thanks for looking up. Uh, she mm -hmm. earned her GED. And started work in 2001 at a resort spa in Big Sur, California. So she was, I think she was a receptionist at the resort spa. Nice. So, yeah. Guests and staff recounted that Jody was a really pleasant worker and just overall a pleasure to be around. In 2003, Jody met and started a relationship with Daryl Brewer. Daryl was the manager of the resort's restaurant, and he had a young son from a previous relationship. Jody wasn't really bothered by this, and they actually said that she was a great role model as a little boy. So, nice. <laughs> this relationship was just as much of a whirlwind as the first one, as soon after they started dating, they moved in together and started sharing a $5,600 monthly mortgage. Oh, okay. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. And so that yeah. must be a nice house. Well, in California, but it's still a pretty nice house. Yeah. And it, that's split between two people. So okay. still, they're making the big bucks, though. Apparently, this resort paid well. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. This was when Jody was like really thriving. She had a good paying job. She had a nice house in Palm Desert, a stable relationship. So what could go wrong? I'll tell you. <laughs> Jody was really enthusiastic about getting married to Daryl. And Daryl was like, mm, I've been down the marriage path before. I don't know. I don't want to jump into things, which I get. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jody also expressed a desire to have children because she's only 23 when they start their relationship. So, you know, if she wants to be a mother, she wants to have kids. Daryl's like, I don't want any kids. I have one. That's enough. So Jody very quickly started to realize that these were kind of uh, deal breakers as she like really wanted these things. And those are, like, big things that yeah. you can't just, like, change someone's mind about. 
Exactly. Like, I get it. I, I get why those would be reasons to break up. Yeah. After these revelations, Jody kind of began to see their relationship in a different light. She didn't think it was intimate enough. It was more like a business partnership at this time, she said. She was like, I, I felt like there was like zero chemistry after that. Which That's unfortunate. That sucks. So in December of 2006, the couple would eventually call it quits after three years of dating. As you may remember, that year in September, Jody Arias met Travis Alexander. Who's the boyfriend? <laughs> the, the boyfriend was Daryl. Oh, oh. Yeah. So they just hadn't broken up yet? No, they hadn't broken up yet. Okay. They So in in Jody's defense, which... Spoiler alert, we won't be saying that a lot. Um, I can tell. <laughs> in her and Travis's defense, her relationship was towards its end. It was September and they broke right. up okay. in December. So, like, right. I feel like things were kind of already, like, going towards the path of breakup and they were just kind of holding on a little long. Yeah. And they own a house together. That's a little more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> right. After her breakup, Jody began to lean on Travis for support because, oh, I have this, like, friend, and, you know, we had a really cool connection, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Despite the distance that was between them, like, she didn't go to anyone else. She went to Travis first. Well, and it's California and Arizona, right? That's not that's super not, far. That's not too far at all. And also... Travis has two friends, Skye and Cole, who live near where Jody is in California. So he would just go visit them all the time and oh. then see Jody. So it, it it worked out. They made it work. Yeah. They would meet up after a couple months of not seeing each other with Skye and Cole. And they found that the immediate attraction to each other was still there. They hit it off. You know, they were like, we can make this work. Let's start dating. So... They decided to become a couple, despite the distance. So they didn't move in together. They were like, let's keep our lives separate for now. And then maybe hmm. we can, which, good, good job, Jody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> During their relationship, Jody and Travis liked to travel a lot because they weren't in one location. They were like, oh, let's just go on trips together. Cute. So they both had very adventurous spirits. They liked to go on like hikes together. Like they were that couple you see at like 8 a.m. taking a photo. She's in a sports bra on top of a mountain. That is them. <laughs> Fun. I, I, I guarantee you there's a picture of them like that out there because I've seen pictures of them like that out there. <laughs> but it was obvious to any onlookers that they were head over heels for each other. A few months into their friendship, so even before the relationship started, Jody actually decided to convert to Mormonism. Big choice. That's a big choice. Um, <laughs> and she decided to do it for Travis before they were even dating. Oh. Yeah. Jody, we need to, like, think before. <laughs> yes! People, what? Jody, no. <laughs> like, girl. And I think she was like, oh my god, this is going to make me so much more attractive to him. But like... You were already attracted 
attractive to him. Exactly. You can't live your life for other people. Don't do yeah. that. What? She dropped out of high school for one. She bought a house for the other one. And she fucking converted to Mormonism. <laughs> for the third. For the third. Um, yeah. Okay. She was baptized in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and by Travis himself. Jody thanked Travis profusely and credited him with showing her the light. Everything seemed to be going great for the young couple, and the two even began to talk about marriage about four months into their relationship. Jesus. <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> These are very whirlwind romances, and I, listen, a good whirlwind, fun, sometimes, maybe once. <laughs> if you <laughs> are continuously kidding, only have whirlwind relationships, maybe take a step back, <laughs> look inside yourself, <laughs> and ask why yeah. you keep doing this to yourself. Yes. Um, Travis was really overjoyed with the situation, and he thought everything was going great with Jody, but he was also overshadowed by this overwhelming sense of guilt. You see, even though Travis was of the Mormon faith, he was plagued with feelings of lust and acted on those feelings many times with Jody. He had premarital sex. What? I know! How? If... No. Uh, what? <laughs> I know. It's How a very wild concept. Yeah. Um, it be a, sorry. <laughs> just my brain died. Um, Same. That was just shocking. <laughs> It's just, I, I, I couldn't even believe I wrote it down. <laughs> wow. In a lot of religions, premarital sex is frowned upon, but like, especially in Mormonism, it's yeah, like one of their like, things. Uh-huh. But he was like plagued by lustfulness, and he often called it a sin, and he beat himself up for it, but he still did it. And then he also used to take these things out against Jody. Like, he would bring them up when they were having arguments, and he would call her, like, a slut all the time. Which, buddy. Bro. Hold on. (laughs) It takes two to tango. Exactly. You can't call her a slut. So are you, man whore. Yeah. Fuck off. (laughs) It was around five months in to Jody and Travis's relationship when friends really started to notice that they were very concerned about Jody's behavior. Hmm. She seemed very obsessive and possessive toward Travis. She started to follow him everywhere. She would cling to him and like she wanted to know what he was doing all the time and she would also secretly listen in on conversations that he was having with other people. Hmm. She went as far as monitoring his email to make sure that he wasn't flirting with any other girls. So she would go through his emails and forward every email that was sent to him or sent out from him to a girl and forward it to herself so that she could read it and make sure he wasn't doing anything. Don't do that. No. No. (laughs) All of this 
sort of weirdness came to a head when Travis and Jody were staying with their friends, again, Sky and Cody, because, you know, that's how they saw each other most of the time. During their stay, when Jody was believed to be asleep, Cody and Sky pulled Travis aside and began to, like, tell him everything. They were like, hey, we're really concerned. Jody talks about you all the time. She's with you all the time. She always wants to know what you're doing. We don't like this. <laughs> you know, yeah. It friends. Uh-huh. Good friends. Um, Valid intervention. Yes. During this conversation, all of a sudden, Travis is, like, talking to Sky and Cody, and then he goes, hang on. I think I hear something. And Sky's like, do you think Jody's literally listening to this conversation right now? And so Travis opens the door and Jody is standing right there listening to the conversation. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. She's just very deadpan looked at him and he's like, is there something you want to discuss with me? <laughs> and he was like pissed. You know, I would be too. And he was uh-huh. like, I need you to go the fuck downstairs and I'll be with you in a minute. So after Jody walked away, Sky recalls urging Travis to stay with them because Jody scared her. She was literally like, please do not leave this house with her. She scares the shit out of me. Yeah, that's that was probably a valid observation. <laughs> valid observation. And also, for someone to be like, don't leave with that person, they scare me. That's so, like, terrifying. If someone well, ever says that to you. Trust them. If it's, yes, like, exactly. your friend, like, obviously, they're just looking out for you. Yeah. Travis ignored these warnings, and he left Cody and Sky's house with Jody. After this altercation, and only five months of dating, Travis kind of broke up with Jody. I okay. say kind of, <laughs> because in all of his attempts to let her down gently... He he just kind of told her, he's like, I'm comfortable with how obsessive you are with me. I think we need some space. We need to figure out who we are before we like get into relationship. But he would not say no if she asked him for sex. Bitch. <laughs> I know. Travis, get her out of your life. My guy. Despite breaking up with Jody. Jody decided that now was the time to move from California to Arizona so that she could be closer to Travis. Well, yeah, of course she did. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. Travis and his friends were all very uncomfortable with that. They were like, okay, why are you doing that? But (laughs) Travis, who was not going to say no to Jody, was giving her mixed signals because she would... Come over in the middle of the night, which don't come over in the middle of the night unannounced, first of all. But then he would invite her in and they would have sex together. Bro. So he's t- he's telling her, stay away from me, don't talk to me. And then also showing her that he doesn't really mean that. So she keeps coming back to him. Hmm. Yeah. This is sus. Jody didn't really seem to get the message. She insisted over and over again that she really, really felt that she and Travis were meant to be together. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until December of 2007 that Jody had gotten the idea that maybe Travis really wanted to officially end things as he started seeing another woman seriously by the name of Elisa Andrews. Wait, so he started seeing her before breaking up? With? No. 
Jody, or like were they kind of separated? Oh, they were separated. Like okay. even when they were having sex and like casual sex, they were never officially in a relationship. And they both kind of understood that. I feel like Travis understood it a bit more. And Jody was still holding on to the hope that they would rekindle their romantic relationship rather than just their sexual relationship. The the easy way to dumb this down is Jody was in love and obsessed with Travis, and Travis just didn't feel the same strong feelings about Jody. Hmm. Which like he did in the beginning, but I think right. her obsessive behavior definitely turned him off. So yeah. Travis starts seeing this other woman and Jody is fucking pissed about it. <laughs> A- after she found out, she started sending harassing and threatening emails to Lisa, but claimed she knew nothing about it. Lisa would bring this up with Travis, and Travis was like, hey, Jody, can you fucking stop? And Jody was like, what? No, it's not me. Oh. And Travis is like, Jody, literally, who else would do this? No yeah. one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> no one. It was at this point that Jody started to complain that Travis was physically violent towards her. So I would just like to say she had never previously accused Travis of any type of physical assault. That mm. doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, but it it's a little bit of weird timing, Jody. It is weird timing and we have no evidence either way in a journal entry from january 2008 she wrote that during an altercation travis had kicked and punched her for not lending him 200 dollars. by the end of february lisa had broken up with travis and he was back to sexton jody because he's learned absolutely nothing i it's so weird because Jody's so obsessed with him, but Travis is also weirdly drawn to her. Yeah. He's not doing anything to help himself. These advances were well-received, but Travis and Jody seem to be in this, like, weird limbo. Jody seemed willing to do anything for Travis, but Travis was just looking for someone to fuck, honestly. Like, that's the best way I can put it. And Jody did not get the idea of friends with benefits. Clearly. Jody does not get the idea of a normal relationship. No, she does not. She's not going to understand friends with benefits. Nope. Which, I don't know why. She just... Uh, uh, there's no link to point to why she is the way she is. Or why she acts the way she acts. Which was what makes this case so bizarre. Yeah. Jody actually began to move on in the next few months and she started pursuing other men because she kind of realized that Travis was only in it for the physicality of their relationship and she mm-hmm. wanted something more which go get something more this was until april when jody's written allegations became overwhelming against travis um not only written allegations but she would like talk to people talk to travis's friends and try to spread rumors about all this she had told a lot of people that upon hearing that Jody had kissed another man, Travis had reacted violently and slammed her into a wall, rendering her unconscious. A couple weeks after these allegations, Jody received a text from Travis instructing Jody to 
not call him again and not ever text him again. Which... Sure, that's gonna happen. Put up the wall, but don't make it glass. <laughs> Along with these demands, he accused Jody of spreading rumors about him and their previous relationship. He ended the conversation by saying he thought that Jody brought too much drama to his life and he just didn't want anything to do with her. That's fair. This declaration lasted a minute and a half as Jody, <laughs> as Travis could not seemed to stay away from Jody. As much as Jody couldn't stay away from Travis, Travis couldn't stay away from Jody. Hmm. He continued to text her for the next two months and even asked her for naked pictures on several occasions. Bro. They continued this weird back and forth until the end of May when things seemed to boil over the top. Travis found out that Jody had hacked into his Facebook account. Okay. Yeah. This realization made Travis accuse Jody of other misfortunes that had happened to, in his life, including someone who had broken into his computer. He was like, that's gotta be Jody. Mm -hmm. um, someone had slashed his tires, also probably Jody. <laughs> and someone had stolen his journal. And he was like, have you done all these things? And started accusing her of all of this stuff. And then he doubled down, he called her a whore, and then he told her that him knowing her made him want to commit suicide. Oh. I see why Travis might have had a hard time letting this relationship go because of what he saw in his childhood. Right. Like, he saw such a toxic relationship, and even though he's done so good for himself and he, he's become a better person, that doesn't mean you forget everything. This is just probably what he knows. Mm-hmm. Jody, I don't know what is going on with Jody. Jody denied all these claims. She's like, oh my god, I would never do anything to hurt you. Alright, sure. <laughs> yeah. She's very good at flipping the script on you, and you never know which Jody you're gonna get. But this incident kind of brought to Travis's attention, like, okay, this is not normal. The amount of controlling that she is needs to stop. Yeah. So again, he tried to stop talking to her. And again, it proved easier said than done. <laughs> uh, Jody just started showing up to Travis's house. Mm. She would just show up. Doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m., I'm there. She would knock on his door, and Travis didn't deny her entry most of the time. Damn. And they would often just end up having sex. Like, I'm sure. It's so toxic. <laughs> yeah. This was until Travis told Jody that he was taking another woman on a vacation with him in June. So, Travis had this work trip planned to Cancun, Mexico. He was super excited about it. It was all expenses paid, and he could bring an extra person, which, sweet fucking deal. <laughs> Jody. Hearing this was like, oh, he's going to ask me for sure. And then Travis asked another woman named Mimi, and she flipped the fuck out. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> naturally. As you would. On June 2nd, Jody tried to call Travis four times between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., hmm. but like didn't find any luck. 
It was only until after three that she had a conversation with Travis that lasted 18 minutes and then another call that lasted an additional 41 minutes. At around 5.30 a.m., Jody very spontaneously set out on a road trip to Utah to visit a friend named Ryan Verner. Okay. Hmm. At 8 o'clock, Jody rented a car in Redding, Arizona, and set out on her 13-hour drive to Salt Lake City. On June 4th, Travis missed an important conference call, and friends began to become concerned. Mm -hmm. And that, folks, is going to be the end of episode one. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right. Um, next episode, we're jumping right into the crime scene. It is a doozy. There's so much more that goes into this case. I just had to get everything set up first because Travis and Jody are another fucking beast. Yeah, that's, I, I see. You see I why? See you see why I had to get all through all their convoluted bullshit just yeah. to get here. Makes um, sense. I know at the top of the episode, we did announce that we will be moving to every other week. I think with two-parters, we can probably keep it to every week because... True, yeah. When when I'm writing a script and it turns into a two-parter, I already have like half of the second part written. So mm-hmm. we can probably get those out pretty quick. And then you guys don't have to wait so long. But yeah, <laughs> that's going to be it for us, guys. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed. If you want to find us, you can find us at True Crime Say What on Instagram. Or if you want to email us, True crime say what at gmail.com. No one, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say no one emails us, but like we've said that like three times, so everyone gets it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, bye. Have a good day. <laughs> you wanna say bye? Uh, uh, that's okay. <laughs> Have a good day, though. <laughs>